Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. I'm Marco D'Angelo, joined with Vegas Runner. This is segment one of four. It's the Sweet 16. We're going to preview four games this week for you on the podcast. Now, if you happen to be listening on iTunes, we're going to be doing the podcast in reverse chronological order, meaning we're going to do the Friday games first and the Thursday games second. This way, if you happen to be listening later in the week and you already missed the Thursday games, you don't have to listen to the entire podcast if you don't want to. Um, this is uh, Big Game Sweet 16, Northern Iowa versus Michigan State. As we always do, we'll go to the numbers guy, Vegas Runner. What do you got the line on this game? All right. This one opened up Michigan State minus one with a total of 121. As of today, Michigan State's minus one and a half. Total still sitting at 121. Well, number nine versus number five. Absolutely. And the first thing that, you know, we got to talk about, obviously, Michigan State. They won on Sunday, last second shot to beat Maryland. Uh, Michigan State really had control of that game. Yeah, until the last two minutes. You know, Maryland made the big run. But um, the big news is, even though they won the game, they suffered a huge, huge loss, losing their guard, Kalen Lucas. how do you see you know that affecting this team? You know, if this was the you know a pro game, you know NFL, you know or NBA, would be jumping all over the injured team because the rest of the team steps up. But you're talking about pros, you know, and and the talent dispersed on the rest of the team right. is so much different. In college basketball, there there is a huge drop off a lot of times between from the one starter. and two. Sure, yeah, sure. So you know, do you think Michigan State can you know can adjust? Can you know Izzo get a game plan to get them to you know handle this Northern Iowa team? If anyone can, it's Izzo. He's shown us time and time again that he gets the most out of an average group. I mean, what he was able to do last year by getting that team to the national championship to play North Carolina was incredible and he's done that time and time again so he is one of the best college basketball coaches as far as active goes um the thing about losing Lucas is he's not just your assist leader he's also your points leader mm-hmm. so it's not like you just use him as a point guard that manages the game you rely on him for offense so i think that makes it a lot more difficult you know sometimes a point guard who isn't going to give you a lot of points you know you lose something but not as much as when you depend on him to put points on the board so i think that's a huge blow for michigan state my surprise is that the line hasn't adjusted much i mean talking to Everybody thought this game was pretty much a pick 'em either way, one and a half, two. How high can you make it? I mean, you got a six versus a nine. It's not a a, a six versus a one or, or, or I mean, nine versus a five. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, the line was going to be close around there anyway. I'm pretty, I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't switched or dropped down with such but a significant injury. I actually thought prior to the injury that it was going to be three and a half. I- 
that was my numbers on it. Right, I, right. I think they have made a point and a half to two point with Lucas, with, yeah. with Lucas being out. I mean, Northern Iowa, no question their stock has risen after beating Kansas. And, you know, it, it was an impressive win. I mean, they did, they, you know, it's not like they blew Kansas out, but they went toe to toe. Oh, yeah, and had to get it done down the end. I mean, they didn't coast through the victory. They had to play some ball in those last two, three minutes. To, you know, to handle the pressure that they handled, you know, playing the number one team where every possession in those, in those final couple minutes were life and death. I mean, that shows a lot of grit and, you know, I think it makes Northern Iowa a better team for it. Unlike some of the other Cinderellas and you know that are still in the you know the big dance, so to speak, that not only had wins but had convincing wins. Didn't get challenged by I, that. Top I think thing. it's it, it's better to have you know this team's more likely not to bounce than a team that had the 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 big upset but did it in impressive fashion um this is a tough ball game uh i have absolutely no play on it but this is going to be your free yeah pick. i do i have my free pick on this play i really like and, it uh, your free pick <sighs> 17 and 8 here on the podcast uh so you know good record with your free picks we want to keep it going since this is your game i'm going to let you you know take the lead and i'll throw some tidbits in at the end go all right i really like the under i i made my total 118 so just there alone there's line value but now with the lucas situation i think it makes this play even stronger because now you don't have that point guard who has shown you the ability to totally control a game and score. So I think Izzo's not going to put so much pressure on him to run the offense, to run up and down the court. So that's going to fall into the hands of Northern Iowa, who is one of the slowest tempo teams in college basketball. Any team that could slow Kansas down as much as they did right? to keep Kansas to only 65 points you know, that tells me a lot uh, as far as having the ability to dictate tempo. I think their strength comes from being experienced as far as having a mature team and being able to go into your bench. They use a lot of, of players, this Northern Iowa team, even though they don't run up and down the court. They're throwing fresh bodies in there and allowing these guys to really play defense. So I think this has the makings of a defensive battle all the way. I mean, I could see the winner barely cranking 50-55 in mm-hmm. this game. I mean, to me, that, that's what it looks like. I, I really think we're going to see a very slow tempo. And more importantly, neither of these teams score a lot of points to begin with. They do it with defense. So I think we're not going to have a problem on that end where you're going to see, you know, one team try to say, let's just go out there and outscore them. And then when that's the case, you have a a risk of the tempo totally changing and both teams running the court. I don't see that happening here, Marco. I think it's going to be one of those systematically played games where both teams are willing to walk it up and down the court. Pass it around a few times, try to work it inside, work it back outside, and play solid defense. And for me, 
that has underwritten all over it. Well, I, I agree with you 100%. Michigan State's game plan has to be to come in here and shorten the game. Without your quarterback, so to speak, on the floor, you you want to shorten the game, minimize... And keep it under control. Not- minimize the possessions. Um, and I agree, Northern Iowa's natural style is... To play a slow half-court game, they they've done that many times in their Missouri Valley Conference games. But uh, do you think there's the possibility that Northern Iowa, it, knowing the injury to Michigan, try State, to run, try to change? That, their that's game what plan? I was thinking too. Will they? Is that the way that they're going to try to exploit Michigan State and say they're missing? Their quarterback, let's run them. Let's get them out of their comfort zone. But I think because they've gotten this far with this style, I mean, they, they've covered, what, five straight games? They've won six straight. I don't think their head coach is going to go in saying, let's just try change. to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, what got us here. I mean, we just beat Kansas with this style. Right. So why should we switch it now against Michigan State, who's losing, who's lost their top scorer? You know what I mean? Excuse the pun, but. You know, dance with the one that brought you. Yeah, at the big dance. Exactly, uh, and and if anything, it's like now they're crippled too. So now, not only can we play our style, but even if they want to try to change the tempo on us, they can't get us out of it. So let's dictate the game. Let's play it the way we want to. We beat Kansas doing this. So why even try to shock them? Why even try to surprise them? That's just. I I thought the exact same way. Would I go in doing that? And I don't think I would. I'd say let's play our style of basketball and force them to play us. The other X factors, there's no way to know how this team's going to react to such a big win. There's no question. The biggest win in the history of the school. But you're going official play. Vegas runner has this game under. I've got nothing on this one. Uh, this has been segment one of four. Go to pregame.tv when, as you're watching the video. When you're done, go to the comment section and give us your predicted final score. If you correct the final score correctly, we'll give you $100 in pregame dollars. And, of course, you can always download and listen to all of our podcasts at iTunes. Just search for pregame.com. You'll find all of our podcasts. Download and listen at your convenience. I'm Marco D'Angelo. He's Vegas Runner. This has been Segment 1. We'll be back. Segment 2, Big Game Preview, Tennessee at Ohio State. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment two of four, Sweet 16, Tennessee versus Ohio State. Um, this is Marco D'Angelo, joined by Vegas Runner. We're going to break this game down. VR, as you always do, hit me up with the numbers. All right. This is game has not moved at all from the line. Once they put it up, it's just sat there. And according to my own line, it's as close as you should get to at least a true number. Um, Ohio State opened up minus four and a half. With a total of 134 as of today, Ohio State's still four and a half, total still 134 all across the board. I mean, not any book has even given a half point adjustment either way. Well, this is one of these games where, you know, you've got, again, another number two versus six seed. Uh, we had that matchup in uh, one of the other ones. Xavier, we Kansas State. And 
both teams have done everything they've been asked to. Ohio State, you know, they were minus 17 against Cal Santa Barbara. They won by 17. Yeah. Uh, you know, they took care of business on Sunday, Ohio State, uh, beating a Georgia Tech team that, you know, had a great run at the end of the season, literally was a team that played their way into the big dance. I mean, Georgia Tech was a bubble team. The final two weeks, they won, you know, they got hot in the, the ACC tournament, made a run all the way to the championship game, and that's what got them into the big dance. But uh, this Tennessee team, this was a team that was, you know, very good early in the year, then they had a little stretch during yeah, the Yeah, they were the, the first season. to beat Kansas. Absolutely. And if you remember, they did it shorthanded. Yeah, at home. You know, so... Uh, a team that's got talent. Um, they had a first round game, a very tough game they against San Diego two State. On the, first round. the San Diego State game, um, but that was good for Tennessee because it got them in a game where they had, you know, a tight game. So yeah. that if that comes up later in the tournament, you you know you say, oh, well, we've already been in this situation with pressure, and you know, especially since handle. there's another bad foul shooting team, man. <laughs> these these things happen though with these foul shooting teams, but I think they caught a huge huge break in their second game. They got to play an Ohio University team that was coming off the biggest win yeah, in school yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. They beat Georgetown. Um, you know, for a MAC conference team to take out a Big East team, you know, a high seed like Georgetown in the first round and not only, you know, upset I mean, they took them out behind the woodshed. And, yeah, and, that, and, they overachieved. I mean, they, they surpassed their season goal of getting it a big dance after beating Georgetown. And, you know, and it showed in the next game. And, you know, I was on Tennessee. Me too. And I, watching that, Tennessee could have won by 30 points yeah. if they wanted to. They they were playing with them. I mean, some of the things they were doing on them fast breaks, they were just, they looked like they were having fun. Once they realized Ohio posed no threat, then it was just about, you know, playing ball. That's what they were doing. And some style points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all we but saw. This Ohio State team, um, they're a gritty bunch. Um, I don't have an official free pick on this game. I do have a strong lean. I'll get to that. But uh, you don't have a, an official free pick in this one either. Yours is going to be in um, the next the Northern Iowa-Michigan State game. But we're going to give a free uh, coupon in this segment. Um, we like to give away RJ's money. No better time than this So uh, with the Ohio State University team. You know what? I didn't even... What a coincidence. We're going to give RJ's money away with the school, you know, playing this... School that he went to. Well, that's great. Uh, and we're going to make this, uh, you know, it's the Sweet what 16. Else? Yeah, I knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. Coupon Sweet 16. What you do is you go to pregamepros.com. Whatever you want to buy, put it in your shopping cart. When you go to the checkout, there'll be a spot where you can enter the coupon code. Just enter Sweet 16. The word sweet and the number 16 all together. That will get you $10 off. Anything that you buy automatically will come off. In VR, if it's a pick that's $10... No no charge. Drinks are on the house. Free, baby. Free on our Can't beat so the price. Can't beat that. So be sure to check that out. Uh, getting back to this game, uh, VR, when you broke it down, what struck out to you in this game? That you have two big contrasts in style where Ohio State likes to slow it down and try to use gritty defense and work it inside, try to get their earn their points. While Tennessee, 
you're looking at five guys and four going pro. You know, they're going to make good pros if you yeah. look at this team. I think that's one of the problems why Bruce Pearl has died. Like everyone says, that's he goes to the Sweet 16 to die because his clubs aren't made for college ball. These, these clubs are pro ball type mm-hmm. play of players. Um, it's a totally different game. And I think college is more of a shoot from the outside type of, you know, to, to do really well, you're seeing these teams that are hot from the three-point line advancing, and Tennessee's just not going to do that. They're going to use their athleticism and their speed to beat you. I think Ohio State could run into problems if Tennessee for, can dictate the tempo and make them run. Reason being, Ohio State has one of the weakest benches. They don't go deep. They're five, six deep, uh, seven max. But they're a 16-player rotation type team where Tennessee is one of the deepest. I mean, they're 15th in bench minutes. So Pearl's going to run you to death with fresh bodies. And I think that's going to be a huge disadvantage to Ohio State if he can do that. On the flip side, if Ohio State slows it down, Tennessee has such a huge size advantage that if they could hit some easy shots, they could actually beat them that way too. So coming in, I think Tennessee has the advantage. But on the flip side, you know, Ohio State's just one of those teams that seems to get it done. You know what I mean? Like, no one could pinpoint how they do it. But when you look at the scoreboard, somehow, some way, this team wins. Just like in football, you know, they're not going to dazzle you they're not gonna but somehow they win they're just that type of blue collar team yeah exactly and i think that might be a problem for tennessee well when i looked at this game uh, there's four games on the card that are basically the same line where you've got a four or five point favorite you've got washington xavier Tennessee and St. Mary's are all that four to five point dog range. I think of those four teams, Tennessee is the most attractive dog. Oh, the livest, sure. That's sure. the live dog, the power dog. And they're playing a team that generally is not that big margin type club. So I think that come game day, Tennessee is going to get a lot of play. I think. The Big Ten, there's a stigma on the Big Ten yeah. that people just they discredit them when they get whether it's going to bowl games or or playing in the tournament. It's true. It's it, true. They just discount them. And what do we have? There's 16 teams left. Three of them are out of the the Big Ten. Yeah, and, 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 and last year Michigan State was in the championship, and still you're yeah. right, they get no respect at all. Two of them are injured, and the fact that. Two team, two of the three, this is a huge factor in, in this game. I think that what's going to get overlooked, this crowd is going to be Big Ten. Both games, the first game and the second game, has a Big Ten team. They're playing at St. Louis. So all, yeah, the, Michigan State, travel, yeah. all the Michigan State fans are going to root for Ohio State in this game. All the Ohio State fans will root for Michigan State in their game because they want to see the Big Ten advance. You know, you're going to root for the conference. Even though during the season no, I, you root. So I agree. That's a, it's, a, it's an angle that I, I think is getting overlooked here. And uh, you put the gun to my head, I lean to Ohio State and The good right thing now. for you is uh, the, the weakness that Ohio State defense has is against the three. Now they're going up against a team that can't shoot the three. Mm-hmm. So they could relax a little and play you know, more of that zone defense and not worry about 
going out there to the perimeter and stopping this team for shooting threes. So, I mean, if they could do that, they could be in there for you. One final note, the Tennessee, as good as they are, they've had some really ugly road games. They lost by 29 to Kentucky in the conference tournament. They lost by 13 on the road at Florida, and they lost by 19 on the road at It's Vanderbilt. the kind of team they've been all year, man. So, they're de- Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Yeah. Hyde. Hey, that wraps this one up. Uh, small lean to Ohio State for me. I got to pass completely. I pass won't even lie. Pass completely from Vegas Runner. Uh, this has been segment two of three. We'll be back with segment uh, three. We'll take a look at the Xavier Kansas State game. This is segment three of four. Big game preview. Sweet 16 round. Xavier Kansas State. I'm Marco D'Angelo, joined by Vegas Runner and VR. Give me the numbers here. All right. This is a great game, man. Uh, Kansas State opened as a four-point favorite, and the total was set at 154. As of today, Kansas State's already up to minus five, and the totals dipped down just a half a point to 153.5. But this may just be a simple case of the wise guys getting ahead of the market because as the game approaches, the books are going to be very heavy on Kansas State side. It's going to be one of the top teasers of the weekend for sure, just to advance. So I could see the books being forced to adjust this number even higher. And we may see the wise guys then come back and grab some definite value on Xavier, especially as we approach Sweet 16 and we start hearing about historically how well the favorites have done in this round, you know, by knocking those teams that shouldn't be in the Elite Eight or the Final Four out and covering the number. Because the last two years, you could have bet favorites blindly and came out ahead. Do you think, though, that this is a, a two-seed versus a six-seed? It's not one of these ones where, like, you know, Xavier is a, you know, a lower seed, but they're not like they're a... No, no, a they're valid. They're, they're, I, 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 I don't think they're a Cinderella story at all. And, and, I mean, a lot of people were talking before the tournament started that this is one of those clubs that can have a Sweet 16 Elite 8 run. So I don't think anyone's shocked that they're here, but I think now that they're here and everyone sees how well Kansas State has played in their first two rounds, I mean, they totally had no problems at all. Um, you know, having just to win the game on a teaser and having to only lay five, you know, isn't going to be too hard, I think, for the public to swallow. Well, this is what I took from the in, you know, Neither one of us have an official free pick in this game. Uh, we may have some leans here, but when I broke the game down, I looked at the two, you know, the four games involved, the two for each team, and I actually felt that Xavier has had a much harder road to get to this game than. Kansas State. Oh, absolutely. In their last two games, Xavier was either a one-point favorite or a one-point dog. So they were a coin flip to be in this spot either way. They played Minnesota in the first game. And Minnesota finished the season and the Big Ten tournament on a nice run. They had they were the hottest team. They had momentum going in. So that was an impressive win. And then a Big East team in Pitt, you know, a physical Big East team. Yeah. They went in there and went toe-to-toe with Pitt. And pulled it out at the end where it's the toughest. So, you know, they've already had, you know, a nail-biter type game. So if this game comes down to being tight, that's advantage to uh, Xavier. I think they come out of this Colonial Conference that really, or excuse me, I'm sorry, the Atlantic 10. 10, uh, The Atlantic 10 that 
they're just not. This conference played some good basketball. Yeah, and got no year. respect. Yeah, you know there were some good teams yeah. in there: Temple, Richmond, yeah. uh, Xavier. Yeah, they this, were some they good squads. Play. And Rhode Island was a bubble team that could have could have almost been in this tournament yeah, as well. For sure. I look at uh, Kansas State. They caught North Texas in the first round game. That's you know a Sun Belt team. They blew them out. That wasn't even a, a matchup. But then they caught a huge, huge break in the second With round. They caught. Uh, they played BYU, and uh, BYU was coming off that double yeah, overtime yeah, yeah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you play. You know, you catch a team that had to come back and play. You know, from. The uh, you know with just one day rest off of that grueling double overtime game, and if you remember that BYU game, BYU was down to Florida and had to come back. Had they to went come to back. overtime to they, cover that. They number. came. They came back, sent it into overtime. So that was a you know they left a lot on the floor to, just to get to the next round. Yeah. So I think Kansas State really they looked super super good, but had an but easy go. Of had it. an easy go of it and caught the break. So I mean, if you put the to my head right now, I'd have to lean to Xavier in this game, but I'm not going to make it an official play. Um, Xavier's been in every ball game they've played. They've won 10 of their last 11 games. The only game they lost in that stretch of 11 was Richmond by four points. I mean, this team's playing great basketball right now. Um, yeah, and it's a little surprising. I mean, that not that they're at the Sweet 16, but this team lost three of their top scorers from last year's Sweet 16 team. So they're a young team, Xavier is. And for them to be able to grind out a win against Pitt was huge for me. And that's why I got to agree with you. With the line where it is, I think there's definite value on the dog. On the flip side, I got to tell it like it is. I think this Kansas State team is prime for a Final Four run if they could get by, you know, a game like this where I think Xavier is going to push them. You know, I, I don't see this being a blowout any way, shape, or form. I, I do lean over as well. I have a little slight lean to the dog, but I do like the over. Both these teams get out and run, and I don't think that's going to change at all here. I think it's going to be one of those situations where, oh, let's go for it, because I don't think Kansas State's going to want to even attempt to slow it down because Xavier has such a size advantage over mm-hmm. them. So they're going to be forced to play quick tempo. Xavier's got no problems doing that. So I think this is one of those games where we're going to see both teams going up and down the court. And if you look through the entire season, conference and non-conference, they've allowed a lot of points, both these teams. They score points, but they also allow points. They Neither of them get it done with defense. I mean, they're you know, let's tell it like it is. They get it done by scoring. So I, I like this over. I think at 153.5, 154, you're getting some value. And I got to agree with you. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I think the value's on Xavier at that high of a number. I mean, I made my true line three, three and a half max. So there's even line value there. But when you look at the the schedules through the season, everyone talks about how Kansas State had the second toughest schedule overall, tough non-conference. Xavier, for being in the Atlantic 10, had the 49th toughest schedule and sixth toughest non-conference so here's a young team who's been tested throughout they're not here by accident right and i think being able to catch five points which should go even higher as we approach tip off you definitely have to look towards the dog 
you know, this game's being played in Salt Lake uh, City, Utah. So um, obviously a shorter trip for Kansas yeah, State for than, sure. than Xavier. But uh, this Xavier Ball Club, they've, they've been around in the tournaments for, you know, the last few years. Uh, Let's let's see what happens. I think this is going to be one of the more entertaining games it will. of the, of it the will. weekend. And, and Kansas State's coach, Frank Martin, said there's one type of, of, of team that gives us problems. Teams with big guards. Mm-hmm. Any team that has big guards gives this club problems. And we're looking at an Xavier team, which has some big guards, has some size. So, I mean, all the makings are here for a tough game. And like I said, if Kansas State is able to advance and not beat this team convincingly, but just play a tough, hard-fought game where you have to earn it, I think they're primed for a Final Four run. Well, I, I think that is the the key. Is This is one of those games that, looking at it on paper, I could very well see this game going right down to the yeah, wire. Yeah. Who has the ball last? And my only thing is Kansas State hasn't been tested that way no, yet. No, 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 so not for when, a long time. When they got, you know, when it comes down to, you know, you're the last minute and a half of the game and you're, you know, it's a one possession ball game, all of a sudden, if you've not been in that position for a while, you know, that basket looks a lot smaller. Yeah, Xavier's played two overtime games in their last 10, yeah. played two or three, two or three point games. So they've been in, in a Battle situation tested. where. Playing for last possession or playing defense against last possession. So I think it's going to be a very good game. We both kind of lean to, to the dog here right now. Uh, I like the does over. lean to the over. Uh, no official uh, free play here. Um, this wraps up segment three of four. We'll be back with another big game preview. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. This is Marco D'Angelo along with Vegas Runner. We're going to preview Sweet 16 games this week, and we're going to start things off. This is segment four of four, and it is Cornell versus Kentucky. Big game this week. Vegas Runner, hit us up with the numbers. Number 12 versus number one. This is actually the only line that has um, really gotten some attention from the wise guys early on and it's on the total Kentucky opened up as a nine and a half point favorite with the total at 143 as of today Kentucky's dropped down to a nine point favorite nothing significant but the totals all the way up to 147 so we've seen a four point move on a sweet 16 game by the wise guys letting the odds makers know that they're way off on this total Okay, well, you know, this is, you know, probably the Cinderella story of the Sweet 16. We've got a number one seed, Kentucky, facing number 12 seed, Cornell. And, you know, honestly, they're a number 12 seed, but a lot of experts actually question them being that high of a seed because this team, they're getting that seed based on coming out of the Ivy League. This team can play some basketball. They they've been solid all year. Um, you know they they played uh, you know Ivy League basketball. You know Penn, Princeton, all those teams. You know you don't get much respect beating those type of teams. But when they've stepped out, yeah, they've had the thirty seventh toughest non conference schedule in all of college basketball, which is pretty rare for an Ivy League team. Absolutely, and coming off the back to back upsets, um, you know they beat Temple in the first 
round, and they, you know, obviously uh, shocked Wisconsin, just totally throttled them on Sunday. But breaking those two games down, when we go to the Temple game, really Cornell had a huge edge in that game. The head coach for Cornell used to coach on right. the Temple uh, staff. So he, you know, real good friends with the head coach at Temple, obviously, knows the style. That was a huge advantage in preparation. And, you know, I thought that they would get that first round game against Temple. I thought they lost all of that value in the second game. And I'll admit it, I was on Wisconsin Sunday. Yeah, you and me both. Um, I thought that that edge that they had there would be gone. I thought that playing Wisconsin, that if Cornell played a slow tempo game, that that was right into the hands Whiskey of Wisconsin. was okay with it, exactly. Yeah, but Cornell didn't do that. Cornell come out and played up-tempo and was firing it from three. That, 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 that's what it is. I mean, when you get that hot, from the three-point line, there's very little anybody could do. We saw that throughout the first four days of this tournament. Um, some of these teams that have shocked us getting to the Sweet 16, when you break down the box score, what you're going to see is a high three-point percentage. Um, and and there, we saw it throughout the entire season. There's very little defense to that. If a team gets hot and they're able to carry that through the weekend, they're going to get to the Sweet 16, and that's exactly what Cornell's done. They shot 61% from the floor against Wisconsin. Yeah. And Wisconsin's a good defensive it, team. It, yeah, that, that's what, that, what they rely on, defense. And so when that game got out of hand and Wisconsin had to play you know, catch-up... They, they were out of their element. Right. There was no chance they were coming so, back. My point is, if you look at this game and you take away from what you saw, obviously Cornell looked phenomenal and Wisconsin looked terrible, but you've got to look at the complexion of the game. And when a game gets out of hand like that, it magnifies how good the winning team's looking in that ball game. Now today, they got to step it up and go into Kentucky. And this will be the most, most athletic team that Cornell will have faced. Oh, sure. And I've just, you know, huge edge that this game's at the Carrier Dome that for Cornell. Their campus is just 53 miles yeah, yeah. They're, from they're the Carrier Dome. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have the Dome. home so crowd to their not, advantage. You know, they're going to have home crowd. I mean, the dog's always going to have a bias in these With the games fans, yeah. Because the fans love to root for the dog. But being that the dog's from New York, the dog is... Only fifty three miles away. Playing number one the, team in the nation, just you know, about. It, it, this is going to be it's going to be electric at the Carrier Dome. But Kentucky, I I just think they got too many horses here. No pun intended, coming out of Kentucky. But uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and make my official free pick in this game, and uh, you'll have your free pick in a later video. But I'm going to go with Kentucky. Uh, everything. Does line up, looks like Cornell can do it. But I'll tell you what, when you have two big wins the way they had them, and they happen, boom, boom, you know, Friday, Sunday, you know, it's you don't have a chance to catch your breath. You know, you play Friday, you're right back. Yeah, Sunday. the momentum carries you. you. Know, now they're going to have sat for almost a week. They're going to read the press clippings, all the interviews that these t kids are going to get, that they've never had this kind of tension before. They are absolutely the darling of the Sweet 16. There's another team we'll talk about in a later video that is darling number two. Sure. But uh, Cornell, you know, they're getting the press. I like them. I, I mean, I I think they stop here. I like Kentucky. I think Cornell hangs around for the first half. But 
I think the cream will rise to the top come second half. Kentucky will start to get some separation, and whenever Cornell was the team forced into the you know the comeback mode like Wisconsin was on Sunday, it's going to get out of hand in Kentucky's favor. And uh, my play is, is going to be Kentucky. What do you what What's your look on this? I'll tell you the truth. The only thing that scares me on the Kentucky side is how bad they are at shooting free throws. And that's the only thing I'm afraid of laying favorites when, when they're that bad from the line because, you know, a team like Duke who's up six or eight turns it into 12 or 13, mm-hmm. where a team that can't hit the free throw sometimes lets a team backdoor cover them, especially when they're good from threes like Cornell is. That's the only thing I fear. Other than that, I agree with you 100%. I I think this does have the makings of a Kentucky second half running away with it. Um, Reason being, Cornell's an offensive team. And all of a sudden, they're going to have to play a team that plays excellent perimeter defense and is as tall as them. Cornell's had a big height advantage throughout. They're a very tall team for an Ivy League school. Now, all of a sudden, they're playing a team that's as tall as them, if not taller, but more athletic as well. So it's going to be a lot harder for them to get those threes off than it was against Wisconsin and it was against Temple. So I could see Kentucky creating a lot of problems um, on that end. On the offensive end, uh, I think if Kentucky runs the ball, Cornell's going to be in a lot of trouble there. They're just too fast and athletic and too efficient on offense um, where they're able to get their rebounds they're able to get second and third chances but on the flip side they stop other teams for doing that so if Cornell's not hot from the three and has a little trouble penetrating they're going to be in a lot of trouble there's not going to be many second chance opportunities so I can see this getting ugly but again as long as it don't come down to foul shots at the end and Kentucky's up by double digits already they should get you the cover One of the things that I'm I'm looking at, and I agree with you, and, and I don't know what it is. It, John Calipari, when he has a team, yeah. they always have trouble shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't. At some point, you can't say it's the players. No, exactly. it's always his teams. His squads that that don't get it done from the line. But I think that those, <coughs> excuse me, those few points that we may. You know, have to sweat, you know, maybe with a foul shot here or there at the end. I think the fact that this line is shaved a bit. Yeah. Because personally, I think Kentucky should be like 12 in this game. If this was played during the regular season on a neutral court, Kentucky would be 12 13. I think you're absolutely right. There's such an over adjustment to this game, and I think they're taking into consideration that the game is being played at the carry. For sure, for sure. And the experience of Cornell, they're mature. They're one of the oldest teams left in the tournament. They're smart kids, you know, so they're getting a lot of respect uh, and being able to hang in there as a a live dog. They're mature, but they've never been to the Sweet 16. And they uh, they have not faced. Kentucky. Right. I mean, any way you look at that schedule from top to bottom, they have not faced anything like they're going to face this weekend. On the flip side, Kentucky has played teams that have tried to run this tempo, has played teams that just has a three-point shot, so they'll be fine. Well, you got it. Uh, my official play is Kentucky. And uh, my free picks here on the videos, uh, 20 and 10 the last 30 weeks. So let's see if we can continue that. Um, 
If you go to uh, YouTube, you watch us at pregame.tv, uh, be sure to go to the comment section and predict the final score of this game. If you correctly predict it, we'll give you $100 in pregame dollars to use however you want on the site. So be sure to put your guess in there for the final score. And of course, you can always download and listen to us. Just go to iTunes and search for pregame. Dot com. You'll be able to download all of our podcasts. Uh, he's Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. Thanks for watching. We'll be back next week. It'll be the Final Four weekend next week.